No, survival caching is not just for doomsday preppers. Let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training. Urban survival. Close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. Hey there, what's up, Warriors? It is Jeff Anderson from WarriorLife.com, and welcome to podcast episode number 341. So I'm going to be talking about a topic that a lot of you have probably never even considered a part of your survival plan before, and that's probably either because it was either too out there for you for practical purposes, or maybe you just thought it was too difficult a task to take on. Well, I'm talking about caching, which is basically like kind of like super hiding of your goods, your gear, um, any of the items that you want to keep away from prying eyes, looters, or even confiscation by authorities. So I'm, I'm here to tell you that this really is a powerful and important aspect of keeping you and your family safe and secure during a major crisis. So today what I want to do was share with you the three biggest myths that may have kept you from adding this to your survival plan so that you can take action and get started at whatever level that you feel comfortable with, all right? So myth number one, I just have to say it, we're gonna start off right away with caches are just for doomsday preppers. So look, I know that Hollywood has really treated this topic like it was some tinfoil hat conspiracy fantasy. Um, when I say caching to most people, they you probably have this picture in your mind of like some scruffy, like Vietnam veteran living off in the woods somewhere, paranoid that the, the Pentagon overlords are going to come and recruit him back to his black ops assassination squad. So he spends the entire movie like kind of avoiding them with a network of these underground tunnels and pulling up these survival caches, these secret stashes of like buried bazookas and like old sea rations that he's been living off of for 40 some years. I, I get it that like survival caching kind of has that sort of fantasy type kind of persona around it, but that really is kind of more from Hollywood there. I can tell you that from a reality standpoint, nothing could be further from the truth from that vision. This really isn't that complicated, folks. The main reason for having a survival cache is to not have all of your eggs in one basket where you only have one like perfect plan to rely on in a crisis. And I see this all the time. People put together a quote-unquote survival plan with the assumption that pretty much everything is going to happen the way that it does in the plan. So, of course, you're going to, you know, you're stocking up on food. You're doing all these things and you're going to have them in a disaster. And most likely you probably will. I'm not going to say that you won't, but the whole point of being prepared, the whole point of having a survival plan is knowing that the world doesn't care about your plans, right? Mother Nature doesn't care about your plans. Your neighbors don't care about your plans. Life doesn't care about your plans. And the best laid plans can all go to hell in a handbasket. So you really have to think of kind of this survival cash as like an insurance policy. So if your stockpiled goods and your gear, they, if they suddenly went poof and they were all gone, that's what a survival cache is really for. But it still begs the question, then why would you consider doing something so insane as to bury or hide your stuff, right? Well, that brings me to myth number two, which is what a lot of people think of is like, I don't need a cache. No one's going to come in and take my stuff. Now, I will admit that the topic alone is a more advanced level of preparedness. So I, I get it, right? 
hardly anyone but the more serious survivalists actually have one or have even considered one. So let me give you some practical reasons, practical reasons here why I think you really should consider taking this topic seriously. So first of all, I narrow caching down to three primary purposes of, um, of having them. So number one is our, our caches that are meant to help you get to safety. So for that, I mean like things like fuel, oil, um, from a more advanced level than that, like escape and evasion, if you're looking to like get, get to safety from, from that. Um, reason number two are caches that are meant to keep you safe. So we're talking basic supplies that if, again, if you, if you lost all of your supplies, you would have something there as a backup to that, kind of your insurance policy. And then three are caches that are meant to hide stuff that you don't want either found, stolen, confiscated, things like like guns, money, jewelry, et cetera, et cetera, okay? So let me give you some real-world practical scenarios where these could literally mean the difference between life or death for you. Now, first, I'm going to assume that you've already considered like a plan B bug out location for you and your family that you could travel to if you're ever forced to leave your home and you have to find a safe place to go to. That should be something that you already plan out, should already know what that destination is and already know how you're going to get there. So if you haven't considered this or if you don't have this planned out, I want you to check out podcast episodes number 189 and 190 because I did a two-part series where I talk specifically about this and how to do it, all right? So keeping that in mind, here's consideration number one. You're forced to evacuate your home due to a natural or a man-made disaster, and you and everyone else in your vicinity is out on the road at the same time trying to get the hell out of Dodge. Now, in this type of a scenario, time is of the essence, and you might not even be able to go home and grab your stuff from your survival stockpile there. And if there's power, the gas stations are going to be lined up with angry townsfolk, everybody grabbing for whatever gas they can, loading up their big rigs, their, all of their extra cans. We know this is why fist fights all break out at the, at the gas stations, right? Like everybody is just trying to get all the fuel that they can because they've got to evacuate too and they want to get out there, Right. But when you get out there, what happens? Highways, these evacuation routes become parking lots because vehicles run out of fuel. And they don't run out of fuel like over on the side. In highways, they'll just keep like praying, like sweating. I know everybody's been there, right? Like your, your gas tank's way past empty. You're just like, you're sweating bullets because you don't know where the next gas station is. And in a disaster, that next gas station may not even have gas, right? Again, that's if there's power. If there's no power, those gas those gas pumps aren't working. So you could have a virtual parking lot of vehicles out on the highway. So under these considerations, a cache that contains fuel, some oil, some basic supplies that are, are along the route to your bug out location could be the only thing that gets you there. That could be it. So consideration number two, let's say that your home is destroyed along with all of your stored food and all of your other supplies, or you're forced to leave your home, or you're forced to leave your transportation as you evacuate, and you only have a limited amount of supplies that you can take with you, or the resources may not be available around you at grocery stores and other retail locations and, like, and things like that. So in this case, having a cached supply of food, 
like a water filtration system and other essentials, maybe even a cache that's buried at your final destination is going to make sure that you at least have some supplies to help you regroup and either shelter in place where you are as a, as a safety, like a plan B retreat without having to leave, or it's going to give you some supplies to carry on to a safer location from there. Consideration number three, we all have things that we wouldn't want taken from us. So you might have guns, you might have jewelry, cash on hand, which I've started collecting more cash on hand because I have serious doubts about where the economy is going and and the accessibility of my money, especially in something that really is like a, a grid down blackout, anything that kind of creates a run on the bank sort of thing. So I've personally been putting a lot more getting more, a lot more cash on hand. Um, but it could also be things like your prepping supplies that you have, right? So we all have things that are very valuable that we don't want people to steal from us. So let's assume for a second that everything that you have right now in your home is gone completely. Everything, all of your supplies, all of your cash, all your jewelry, everything that you've, you've got right now, big massive flood comes in the middle of the night, washes you out. Now you've got nothing in your house there, okay? So think for a minute, right now, all that's gone, where is your backup stuff? Think about that. Where's your backup stuff if you don't have all that stuff that you've been putting together right now? Where's your backup money? Is it in an ATM machine? Is it at the bank? It's not going to be in a major crisis, especially not if there's a major power outage there because that ATM machine is going to work. The banks aren't going to be able to dispense money. So you might only have whatever you have in your pockets. What about guns? Where are your backup guns that you have? Now, in a real crisis, you and I both know that first responders are going to be too busy to take care of your protection of you and your family. So that means you are going to be the one that has to do that. Do you have any backup guns anywhere? What about food and water? Will you be able to stop in somewhere at a grocery store to grab some food? Will there be drinkable water in your area or on your way to your retreat? You really don't know about any of these things, right? Like, where is your insurance policy to the things that you have been prepping? And whether it is an urban location or a remote location somewhere or anything in between, when resources are low, people are going to go searching for stuff. Now, that could be looters, uh, but it could just as easily be homeless people. It could be gangs, teenagers sifting around stuff, or it could even just be nosy neighbors going through things when you're not there. And I don't mean just like breaking your home, like Gladys from next door is going through your bedside drawer and like, cause you're out at work or something. I'm talking about when things are, are really like resources are low. When people are looking for things, they can get very creative and snooping around. So if you're just resorting to hiding some of these things at a retreat, you may show up to find that your place has been ransacked and all of your stuff taken. I mean, that's what happened to me, actually. So what I found was I was, I was living in upstate New York, and I went to go check on a – it was a small trailer campsite that um, my dad had where he had stocked some stuff away. And it was in a very remote area. It was not like there were a bunch of campsites around or anything like that. It was a pretty remote campsite. But I always used to go up there like in the summertime and just go make sure everything's still good up there. And my dad had figured that no one would go into the locked trailer. 
But when I got there, one of those times, the door had been busted open. Um, I had noticed that there were bullet holes actually in the side of the trailer. Um, I went inside. The cupboards were bare. My dad's hunting rifle that he had actually hidden behind some boards in the closet. The Everything in the closet was done. I mean, like they people had taken – somebody had taken – like a sledgehammer or something and just started going through and just putting holes in walls and everything else. Well, somebody got a nice little hole in the, uh, in the wall where the closet was and found my dad's hunting rifle in there. There were beer cans all over the place. So my, my thought was that it was probably a bunch of teens had been up there partying. I mean, it, again, the more remote location that you have. So if you have like a hunting camp somewhere or something like that, like people find those places and they will tear them apart because it's not their place. It becomes kind of like a fort they might just hang out there for a while. If there's not been anybody there, obviously, for a very long time, they may actually make it like their little clubhouse. <clears throat> but they're going to tear it apart. They're going to graffiti everything else. So you have to assume that even your secret locations could be discovered. And a more advanced cache that's safely buried could be a real lifesaver for you when you arrive at your destination. At the very least, it's a, it's a really good insurance policy, right? Like even if everything is there when you get there, it doesn't hurt to have that insurance policy buried somewhere in a cache that you can get to. Now, myth number three that I'll go over is that caches are too hard for the common person. So hopefully I have convinced you that caching is kind of necessary if you've put your time and your attention and your money into prepping it all, if you're ready to take that next step, then, then caching is really what I think people need to seriously consider here. So again, even though you may have thought all of this was an advanced topic, all you really need to know to get started with caching is what to cache, where to cache it, and basically a shovel and some other supplies that really don't cost you that much. Now, there are there are caching containers that you can buy, um, some military surplus materials that you can modify. There are even some simple containers that you can make yourself. Then it's really just a matter of loading up your caching container and getting it into the right location so that it's safeguarded. But you do have to safeguard things. You have to pick the right stuff. You have to make sure that it is prepped the right way. I mean, you can't just stick money, guns, ammunition, and food into a bucket and bury it. All of your materials have to be prepared the, the right way and hidden in a way that others can't find it, but that you still can find it. Um, in fact, a buddy of mine um, actually kind of sort of pioneered the modern version of caching. Um, quite, you know, it was a few years ago. It was quite a while, uh, quite a while ago. And he, he actually created an entire video series on the topic that was in a DVD format. And it shows people exactly how to do this from a very layman standpoint. Like anybody can do this. I'd, I'd actually forgotten all about this uh, DVD because it's not, it's not published anywhere. It's not available to, for sale anywhere. I'd forgotten that I'd had it. Um, but I uncovered it when I was going through some stuff in my, in my warehouse that we, um, we, had, we had packed away. Um, I've already started getting it ready for public launch because – this, is, this really is a serious topic. It's something that anybody can do. Um, so we are going to be putting it out to the public, and it's going to be ready very soon here. So if you want and you're serious about safeguarding your preps, then what I've done is I've set up like an early bird notification list for when the program comes out where you can go and sign up and be, and be first to know when it actually goes out there. The other thing I'm looking to do is to hook up some special training just for the early birds. 
So if you want to get on that list, you can sign up over at um, www.thehideguide.com, like H-I-D-E-G-U-I-D-E.com, thehideguide.com. And I'll let you know when the training actually comes out there. Um, Definitely something that everybody should consider and definitely worth a peek there. Again, if you want to get on the early bird list, go to thehideguide.com. All right, well, that wraps things up for this week's episode. Um, If you'd like to get a copy of the show notes and our handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet for the show, you can head on over to www.warriorlifepodcast.com slash 341 and download it all absolutely free there. And hey, don't be shy. Head on over to our blog where you see this podcast and share with us your caching questions, your tips, your feedback. All you have to do is go over to warriorlifepodcast.com and it'll take you straight over to the podcast section of our site where you can leave a comment there. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. All right, uh, that wraps things up. Until our next Warrior Life podcast episode, this is Jeff Anderson saying prepare, train, and survive. You've been listening to the Warrior Life podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us and leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare, train, survive. Survive.